Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Did you pray the Lord's Prayer over the last few days? You don't have to answer me. Just go, mm-hmm. Okay. By the way, God wants us to know His will. Let me read to you from Psalm 139, verse 3. You chart the path ahead of me and tell me where to stop and rest. Every moment you know where I am. You see, God cares what we do. He directs our paths. He knows the details of my life. And He knows the condition of my heart. So these prayers are incredible prayers. Do you realize that God cares about your life? Not in an abstract overall way but the intimate details of what to you might seem a boring life? Everything you do, say, think about, matters to God. As Pastor Mark will be teaching, this is because God loves you. He sent His Son Jesus to die in your place so that you could have a relationship with Him. And you'll learn that part of that relationship includes prayer and reading the Bible. Through doing these actions, a deeper relationship and friendship with God is guaranteed. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Colossians chapter 1 as he continues his message, Practical Prayer. But Paul just liked to pray for people while they're doing good. I think that's an important key to us. Sometimes the only time I pray for a person or a situation is if I get an email, help. But I like people to pray for me while I'm doing good, to continue to do good, to continue to grow. We'll see all of this. So one of the things I think that's a challenge for us is he's thanking God for these people because of their faith, notice, their love, and their hope. Those are the three kind of main emphasis that we see over and over in Paul's letters and the three kind of emphases of Christianity. Now, they weren't perfect, but Paul says, you guys are doing incredible, and I thank God for you that you're doing incredible. So he's not only praying for them, but he's actually encouraging them. And I just want to say to you, thank you. You're faithful, you're studying, you're here, you're growing. So many of you signed up for the different things. They want a program and they sign up for the one-to-one discipling and you're doing really good in contagious Christianity and I'm going to ask you to do even better later. Just if you didn't sign up, <laughs> thank you for signing up. I know you will. And as you do that, I just want to say thank you. And more and more kids are in the WANA program and this place will be sold out on basically on Friday night and the gospel will go out to all these kids. Wonderful. Awesome. That's what Paul's doing. So it's a good thing when you think of somebody in the body and you think of people, just think, God, there's such an encouragement to me. I mean, when you see the band members here and you see the parking guys in the rain, when you leave, you could just go, thanks for being out there. If you see the policeman go, thanks. So again, we need to be thankful people. That's what Paul's doing. He's encouraging people. By the way, in the elders meeting, quite often we just pray for you. 
We pray for you as a group of people, and we just thank God for you that we have such wonderful, wonderful people, so many servants here at Calvary Chapel of Melbourne. Now, here's a practical prayer that Paul is going to do, and it's going to have all to do with spiritual maturity. Now, what I want to do is, in some of this, I want to use the New Living Translation, because I think it sometimes just has a better flow. If you have the New King James, that's perfectly fine. That's what I study out of, although we use the NIV. This is kind of a great mix of that. Now, notice what Paul says in this verse. So I've continued praying for you ever since we first heard about you. We have continued praying for you ever since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you a complete understanding of what he wants to do in your lives. And we ask him to make you wise with spiritual wisdom. So there's two things that you can write down. I'll have about quite a few of these, so just write them down. What do you pray for people that are Christians? One of the things you want to do is pray that they'll know God's will. By the way, as you do this, these are signs of maturity. And let me do it as a dual thing. I'm going to pray for you to know God's will. What is a sign for a mature person? He can discern God's will for himself. So these are signs for maturity, but they're also prayers that I can pray for Christians to grow into that maturity. Do you understand? So they're prayers I pray for people, and when they achieve those, that's a sign of maturity. I mean, there's really nothing more important than knowing God's will for your life. It's not important you know God's will for my life, because I have to live it. You have to know God's will for your life, and I can't tell you that. I can tell you generalities, obviously, but specifically, no, but God wants to. Notice how this book started. Paul, an apostle by the Will of God. He was able to discern the will of God. By the way, if you're a parent or a grandparent, I know of once your children or grandchildren are safe, I know of nothing more important than this first prayer. That my son, my daughter, son-in-law's, daughter-in-law's kids, that God would give them a complete understanding of what he wants to do in their life. That's incredible. Because that's where success is. What is success? Simply finding what God wants me to do. And doing it. So there's a prayer that you can pray. Now, again, for family, for friends, pastors, leaders, church in general, whatever. By the way, did Jesus ever speak about this? Did the Lord's Prayer ever say anything about God's will? Thy. There it is. Every day. So it goes right along with all the things we've been talking about. Sometimes we've forgotten. Let me just challenge you today because sometimes I had to write it in my journal at home. Did you... Pray the Lord's Prayer over the last few days? You don't have to answer me. Just go, okay. By the way, God wants us to know his will. Let me read to you from Psalm 139, verse 3. You chart the path ahead of me and tell me where to stop and rest. Every moment you know where I am. You see, God cares what we do. He directs our paths. He knows the details of my life. And he knows the condition of my heart. So these prayers are incredible prayers. Second thing that's a sign of wisdom. Paul says, I want God to make you wise with spiritual wisdom. Now we have a lot of people that are wise. But we need spiritual wisdom. Spiritual wisdom always starts with God. See, it's not knowledge I need. It's knowledge that's applied. That's wisdom. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, where I understand who God is and I need him to direct my life. So God shows us his will so that we can walk it out. 
Godly wisdom helps me do that. So here's the will of God. Now I got to need the wisdom to walk it out. Well, if you need wisdom, God offers it. James 1.5, if you need wisdom, ask him, he'll gladly tell you. Ephesians 5.17, therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Now, verse 10. Then, Paul goes on, the way you live will always honor and please the Lord. And you will continually do good, kind things for others. All the while you will learn to know God better and better. So, here's more prayers. Here's more maturity points in your life. I've written both of those in my Bible in this particular passage. These are mature signs for me. As I'm a Christian, what do I want to do? I know the will of God. And I want to be able to operate with spiritual wisdom. God, I need spiritual wisdom. I just don't want the wisdom of the world. I want spiritual wisdom. Now he says this. Paul says, I'm praying for you. I'm interceding for you. The people there in Colossae. What am I interceding for? There's three things. They're a little long, but we'll give you time to write them. Number one, I pray that they will live a life that is pleasing to God. In other words, a life that's obedient. 2 Corinthians 5.9 says this, So we make it our goal to please Him. That's our goal. So as a Christian... I want to know the will of God. I want to have his wisdom. And by knowing those and beginning to live it out, I'll please God because it's his will. That's the only way I can really please God. Now, there's a lot of different things. Let me just stop and give you this one. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So along with that prayer, I'm I'm going to say, God, do whatever you need to do in this individual's life, my son, daughter, wife, myself even. If I'm going to pray this prayer for me, that's not interceding. But if I am, God, allow whatever you need in there so my faith will be stimulated. It will grow so that I can please you. Now, Paul says, here's how to walk it out. Kind of like a little flow chart. God's will, his wisdom, please God. Here's how I please God. Well, notice there, he says, please the Lord and we'll do continually good, kind for others. One of your other translations says, bearing fruit. So here's what I want you to write. Pray that they will bear fruit in increasing amounts. Fruit that will last. Remember, the church was producing fruit. Paul said, all over the world, the gospel is being preached. People are coming. And so you can go back and learn in John 15, it's not just fruit, but it's fruit. It's more fruit. It's much fruit. It's a continual increasing of that effectiveness. What is fruit? Well, we did all these kind of things. Fruit of my lips, fruit of my wallet, fruit of my heart, fruit of the Spirit. All of those things are evident. Also in Romans chapter 1, fruit is salvation. People coming to the knowledge of God. So I want in your life, if I see maturity, what am I going to see? Well, I'm going to see fruit. That's how I judge your maturity. I can't judge your motives. Well, what should I judge? What shouldn't I judge? I can't judge your motives. I can't judge your heart. But I sure can judge your fruit. It's evident. By their fruit, you shall know them. So, I want that. Next. Notice, he says here, All the while you will learn to know God better and better. So I want to pray for my relatives and friends and those that I love that they'll have a deepening knowledge of God. 
They'll know his character more. They'll know to trust him. Doesn't matter. They just know to trust him because God always does the right thing. Now, how do we do this last one? How do we know God better? Well, we know God better really one way from the word of God. The word of God constantly reminds me of his character and who he is. And what he wants to do. And I see this over and over and over and over again in the Bible. Now as I see that, I can look back over my life and I watch what God's done in my life. Now remember, God's for you, but he's not against you. Remember 828 Romans? All things work together for good. God can take weird stuff and do good things from it. Now, how well do you know God? Be careful. The more we know God, the better we trust him. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So you're learning about God tonight. This is exactly what Paul's doing. Let me just tell you a little ahead of time. You know it, but it's good to remind yourself. Paul is not writing this from the Ritz-Carlton. Paul is writing this letter from prison. Isn't that amazing? He's not saying, God, what a miserable place I got me in here. I'm doing my life. He's praising God for the people and all the neat things he's doing in their lives. Character. Not a complainer. An encourager. Paul said, I learned to be content whether I have lots in the Ritz-Carlton or hear him in jail with nothing. I'm content. I'm fine. It's okay. Whether to be here or go to heaven, doesn't really matter. If you want me here, God, I'm cool. If you don't, I'd rather be in heaven. But you want me here, good, I'll stay here. See, there's maturity. How did Paul know all that? Because he knew God. That's why I like being around mature believers. Not necessarily older believers. Mature believers. People who have trusted God. I like to be around because I learn a lot from them. And I know you do too. Next, verse 11. We also pray that you will be strengthened with his glorious power. So that you will have all the patience, that's that P word, and endurance you need. May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. So three more signs of maturity and three more ways to intercede for our loved ones, our friends, other believers, you for me. Number one, pray that they will display endurance and patience. Why is that? Well, because life is not a playground. It is a battlefield. Satan is around looking to steal, kill, and destroy. Now, that's also part of the things of the Lord's Prayer. Remember, don't lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. That means not only do I need endurance and patience, but what will give me that? One thing, the power of God. Pray that they will be filled with his power. You see, you and I can't live the Christian life in human energy. You can't generate strength. You can't generate patience by yourself. It comes from the Spirit of God. It comes from God overruling my nature to get anxious. So God promised to fill us with his Spirit, even though most of the world doesn't really live the Spirit-filled life And that's why they live so much below and can't really fulfill everything that God wants in their life. Next, pray that they will be thankful and exhibit joy. 
And again, knowing that Paul is writing this in chains, that challenges me. God says, don't be a critical complainer. Wherever I've got you, know that I'm for you. Nothing's going to separate me from your love. It's going to be okay. Maybe you're you're not in one of those difficult areas, but you're here. God's ministering to you. Now, the rest of verse 12 through 14, look at it. Who has enabled you to share the inheritance that belongs to God's holy people who live in the light. For he had rescued us from the one who rules in the kingdom of darkness. And he has brought us into the kingdom of his dear son. God has purchased our freedom with his blood and has forgiven all our sins. Two things to write quickly. Number one, Paul says, I want you to remember where you came from. And because of that, you're going to have to know this word grace. It's a good thing for all of us. You see, sometimes as we move along the world, we forget where we came from, where God picked us up from, what he did through his marvelous spirit, put us in the inheritance, made us sons and daughters of God. It wasn't because of us. It wasn't because I was born a Christian. I had to choose, but I had the option to do that. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. So just remember where you came from. Don't become a legalist. A legalist destroys God's grace. And second, notice he says, he talks about has forgiven all our sins. Well, the Lord says prayer gives us this last one. Pray as you intercede for people that they'll live in forgiveness no matter what. See, sometimes God will use you and I to challenge a person who's been hurt and they're struggling and they can't get over this hurt. You need to challenge. You have to forgive. Well, what do you mean I have to forgive? Well, Jesus said if you don't forgive others of their sins, God won't forgive you of yours. You have to forgive. Just forgive. So challenge them. So it's a growth point, but it's a great thing to pray for. And all of our lives, remember that we are to be forgiving people because we are forgiven. Now, I'm going to give you through them really quickly. It won't take long at all. Colossians, verse 17, chapter 3. Turn there. Here's a practical place, prayer in the workplace. I'll just read one of them. Chapter 3, verse 17. Whatever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So what's Paul praying there? He's praying that people will be good workers, excellent workers, people of integrity in the marketplace. That's a Wonderful witness. How did I write it? Wherever you are, be all there. You know, God, I don't like this place where you place me at work. As soon as you get me the job I want, the office I want, then I'll begin thanking you and I'll be a great witness. Wrong. Learn to be, wherever you are, all there. Honoring him, glorying him, whatever it is. Next, look at verse 18. Practical prayers... In the home. I put it in the Amplified for you. Practical prayers in the home. These are things you can intercede for. Tonight, as a husband, I should be interceding for my wife. My kids are gone, but I should, they're still my kids. I should be interceding for them and my grandkids. Husbands, intercede for your wife. Wives, pray for your husband. What kind of things? Here they are. Wives, amplify it. Be subject to your husbands, subordinate. Adapt yourselves to them, as is right and fitting in your proper duty in the Lord. Husbands, 
Love your wives. Be affectionate and sympathetic with them. And do not be harsh or bitter or resentful toward them. Children, teens, obey your parents and everything, for this is, whoops, pleasing to the Lord. Remember that before? Fathers, do not, dads, you like get it big time. Husband, you get it. And father, you get it. Why? Because you're the spiritual leader of the home. Fathers, do not provoke or irritate or fret your children. Do not be hard on them or harass them, lest they become discouraged and sullen and morose and feel inferior and frustrated. Do not break their spirit. So, as a parent, just write this one word, we please God by being godly parents and obedient children or teens. So, you need to pray, God help me to be an understanding parent. A willing, cooperative wife. A kind husband, not harsh. And God, as a teen, may I be an obedient teen. And the last one I'm going to leave you with. Practical prayers for the lost. In Colossians chapter 4, look there if you will. We'll skip on down to verse 2. This is an intercessory prayer. So we prayed for intercessories for believers in the workplace, that you and I would be good workers in the workplace, wherever we are, at homes, our neighborhoods. In our homes, we pray for people in our homes. You pray for your neighbors. I pray for my wife. You pray for your husband, whatever. All those things are kids. And then, of course, all of us, practical prayers for the lost. Look what Paul says in Colossians chapter 4, verse 2. Devote yourself to prayer. Early church was devoted. Being watchful and thankful. And pray for us too that God may open a door for our message. So that we might proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how... To answer everyone. The days we are living in today are unknown to any person in this room. We have never seen a time in our world like we see today. Those people that are dominion theology that say the Christians are going to change the world. It's going to be perfect. We're going to win it all to Christ and then God's going to come. I don't know what they do with this. But I want to say to you, this world is going to get worse and worse. Why? It's all because of sin. Romans 8 says the world is groaning. It's going to get worse. So what does this give us? People's hearts are filled with fear. Even sometimes you and I can be fearful. But we have hope. Our hope is not in the security of the things of this world. This is what Paul prayed for. That our witness would be bold. Not brash, bold. When God opens a door, when somebody says, well, what do you think is happening over there? We can have a clear presentation of what the gospel is. Certainly, there should be an urgency. Hopefully, you see there's an urgency. This world is just going to be destroyed. We're getting ready toward the end times. Matthew 24. We have to have this graceful attitude. Notice, let our conversation be filled with grace. 
And then we need wisdom, just simply wisdom, so I can know how to start and stop the conversation. Pastor Mark taught today about practical prayer. One of the things you might have learned from the prayers of Paul is that he prayed while things were still going well. Praying only when there's trouble, you found out, is only part of practical praying. Pastor Mark said that intercessory prayer is standing in the gap between someone and possible disaster, the type of prayer that everyone needs. You don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. Subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today and we'd love to connect with you. Feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. This is the end of Pastor Mark's teaching, Practical Prayer. Next time, he'll begin his message, Persistent Prayer. He'll be covering an area of prayer that our modern society doesn't do well, patience. You'll learn from Daniel and Luke about the benefits of being constantly praying. Even though this could be frustrating at first, it will benefit you in the long run. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through this series called Real Conversations with God. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Our eyes have-